You're listening to Beck and Calling, featuring Whitworth University President Beck A. Taylor. In each episode, Beck interviews influential thinkers, authors, artists, and other leaders who are living out their callings in life and making the world a better place. Okay, well, it's my pleasure today to sit down with Dr. Steve Moore. Steve is Executive Director of the MJ Murdoch Charitable Trust, headquartered in Vancouver, Washington, which is where Steve and I are today, in fact, meeting with other colleagues and leaders from across higher education. In fact, uh, colleges and universities that are receiving some support from the trust, and so, uh, so appreciate being here in Vancouver. The Murdoch Trust was created in 1975 to enrich the quality of life in Alaska and Idaho, Montana, Oregon, and Washington. From day one, the trust's mission has been to serve individuals and families, communities across the Pacific Northwest by providing grants and educational enrichment programs to organizations like Whitworth that strengthen the region's educational, social, spiritual, cultural bases in creative and sustainable ways. Well, Whitworth has certainly benefited tremendously from the generosity of the Murdoch Trust. The list of projects and initiatives that Murdoch has funded at Whitworth is way too long to recite here. But as I was telling one of your former trustees, Lynn Swanson, yesterday, Steve, there's not a corner of our campus that has been left untouched by you and your colleagues. Re uh, recent projects like the Leeds Center for the Visual Arts, Robinson Science Hall, the Coles Music Center, and the Beeksma Family Theology Center are well known by our listeners. Not to mention the programmatic support you've extended to the Whitworth Office of Church Engagement, or the important funds the trust has given to support science, education, and research, or to support the integration of Christian faith and learning, or even to strengthen Christian leadership in higher education. The list simply goes on and on. So at the outset of our conversation here, Steve, I wanna thank you and your trust partners for the transformational support that you've given to Whitworth to sustain and strengthen mind and heart education. So on behalf of all of us, Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much for partnering with us, and we're delighted. It's As you read those off, it's sort of an illustration of a lot of the different areas that we work in. So I was telling one of the faculty colleagues who's here with me today that it's hard to imagine Whitworth University without the Murdoch Trust. Um, it would be a very different place, and so thank you. We love to be long-term partners, and we love to build capacity for organizations, or in this case for a university, to better fulfill their mission. And you all have been good stewards of the way that you have taken those resources and invested them in students' lives and uh, in the community's lives and built capacity. Uh, uh, the mission has become more and more real yes, because of that. So that's no great. Question. Well, let me tell our listeners just a little bit more about you, Steve. Um, Steve Moore has been an integral part, of course, of the work of the Murdoch Trust since he became its executive director in 2006 after serving in several leadership positions, including at Asbury Theological Seminary, at Baylor University, where Steve and I actually first knew each other and overlapped in our service uh, for a few years at Seattle Pacific University and Texas Tech University. Steve received his PhD from the University of Michigan and is known as a widely published author, frequent speaker, and I would just say thought leader. So thanks again, welcome to our broadcast. Thanks for inviting me. So Steve, I often tell people that I have the best job in the world, and I, I really do believe that. The opportunity to lead a place like Whitworth that elevates both learning and faithfulness is an incredible privilege. 
But I have to admit, a job like yours might come in a close second in my book. What makes your job leading a large charitable foundation exciting and rewarding for you? Yeah, that's a, a, a very great question. It, it was one that we had a hard time answering, uh, my wife, Than, and I, because we had always worked in higher education and we were very committed to that world. And so uh, when we were first asked to consider coming here, we said, thank you very much, but no, we are where we're supposed to be. And that happened a couple of times. And I had had a long relationship with Murdoch uh, from my days at Seattle Pacific. And so the, uh, it was just, uh, it just kind of came out of left field in a way. Fortunately, uh, one of the trustees, Lynn Swanson, that you mentioned earlier, said to me, Steve, I really see that the streams of your life come together in the work of the Burdock Trust in a way you need to really consider. Mm. And so uh, it caused us pause and we really did stop and think about that a lot. And that's kind of what, because I, I'm like you, I believe higher education is an incredible place to be. It's just really great. But I, I do have to say that it's been an incredible experience to be at the Murdoch Trust. Well, so much of your leadership roles in higher education, what I do at Whitworth, is about resourcing the wonderful things that go on on our campuses. And here you get to lead this incredible trust that um, gets to give away money and to invest in things that are impactful and meaningful for the world. So in a way, you still are doing the kinds of things that you are doing at the university. Very much, because so much of what we do is connected to higher education or to some of those other streams that I mentioned, like leadership development, mm -hmm. uh, like engaging culture, faith engaging culture and culture uh, engagement, that kind of thing. And then the whole idea of the way in which uh, our uh, communities flourish. How do you help individuals and families and communities of all kinds and all expressions? How do you help those flourish mm -hmm. and to think about those kinds of things? And the Murdoch Trust really does center its uh, initiatives and energy and engagement really in the Northwest region. So this is your community. The trust has shown a commitment to strengthening community by focusing on entities and activities that are really Northwest oriented. Yeah, yeah. And, and I say all the time that working at the trust is like living a liberal arts college experience mm -hmm. every day. We work in arts and culture and science and health and human services and of course education. So, Our listeners will understand supporting things like brick and mortar activities yep. on a college campus or supporting programmatic initiatives. Yep like those in our Office of Church Engagement. But as you just mentioned, the Murdoch Trust invests in so many other initiatives. So other than the things you're investing in at universities like Whitworth, what are a couple of examples of things that have caught your excitement and enthusiasm lately? Well, it's just amazing, but we've been involved in a uh, helping build the capacity of arts groups. And we've been working with some of the leadership from the Kennedy Center bringing them to the Northwest to give, let them work with both presidents of arts organizations like uh, Portland Ballet, uh, museums and other cultural groups, symphony groups, those kinds of things. And it's just 
been amazing to see the impact of that and the way that that, and that's been a really fun uh, thing that we've been involved in. And why, why are the arts so important for communities? Great question, and, and they're important for a couple reasons. People don't recognize how important arts organizations are as uh, business generators. Mm -hmm. They have all these related kinds of activities that impact the economic uh, vitality of a community, but they're equally important because of the inspiration and creativity that they bring and what you might call the, the capacity of communities to come together and think about, uh, think about leadership development mm -hmm. is just one. And you can hear uh, so many different places where that impacts communities. We talk about living a liberal arts experience through the lens of the trust. The liberal arts is all about thinking about how to engage the world in order to bring truth, goodness, and beauty into it. And what better what better way to do that than through the arts yeah. um, and the inspiration that brings. What would be a project that you've been engaged with recently that might surprise our listeners? Yeah, you know, one of the things that uh, we've been involved with is our Vision and Call intern program, where we're seeking to in a sense, help raise up a new generation of leaders that will think about bringing their highest and best gifts and calling to potential service in either the nonprofit sector as a staff member, or that it'll help them to become board members or supporters of nonprofits. So it's building the capacity and the network of young adults that are, are serving in that kind of way. That's a, a fascinating one. One of the things we're having a lot of fun with is we are doing what's called a uh, commercialization innovation grant program. So every major university has researchers that are making and seeking to make discoveries that can have a big impact. And so we're working to provide grants to the very best ideas at University of Washington, University of Oregon, University of British Columbia, uh, you know, Boise State University, every part of the Northwest, all the major universities. But it's kind of the best of the best. And so we've already seen some great ideas come out of that. For example, uh, an ability, uh, 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 and a researchers invented a, a little device, disposable, that can find veins that make it much easier for hospitals for providing medication or other mm -hmm. kinds of... Uh, Any of us that have ever had to suffer through that's a exactly trying right. to find a vein will certainly appreciate that. This will be a very inexpensive mm -hmm. device and that came out of that innovation grant program and there's numerous others that are just amazing that people are working on. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, you've already uh, communicated some of the joys of your job. I've already described it as a job I think would be a, a real blessing to come to each and every day, but it's got to come with challenges mm -hmm. too. Your mission is to strengthen our region's educational, social, spiritual, cultural base. Does managing such a large trust come with some unexpected challenges? It does, it's definitely the case. And I'd say one is to make great grants. It's one thing just to give money away. Anybody can do that and do it badly. And we see people do that all the time. But for us to make great grants means that we have to really do our homework and help organizations have the space and to think strategically 
about how they're going to deploy resources and how they're going to sustain that. So that's a big challenge. I think a second one is in our culture right now. There's a real challenge at, with the divisiveness in our culture. Mm -hmm. And we try to be a, a place that really brings people together. People don't have to agree on everything to do work together to tackle the kind of challenging problems that we face. And so we're regularly trying to provide forums where people can come together and build unlikely collaborations and partnerships. Well, that's wonderful. I commend you on the first point you made. Whitworth University has benefited tremendously through the collaboration that we've had with you and our trust partners here. Uh, we bring you ideas that we think are great, and they are, um, but uh, it's, never, it's never failed that our ideas get better after we sit down, collaborate with you, so that you can make our good ideas great ideas so that you can make a great grant. And then of course the issue of divisiveness and tribalism and our inability as a culture to have civil discourse over complex issues is something that's impacting all of us, certainly at the university as you know. I know this is your heart and uh, you've invested in, in opportunities for people to come together and figure out how we can break down some of those walls and those barriers. Yeah, very much so. And you know, I, I would commend to listeners, uh, there's a a website that you could go visit called Thriving Cities. What, what is it that helps a city or a community flourish? They've identified some really great ways of thinking about that and the importance not only of different sectors in a city, but the way those sectors relate to one another. I'd say the business community sometimes gets underappreciated and undervalued. And so uh, it, you have to have flourishing businesses and you have to have flourishing education and you have to have flourishing health services. But those different sectors also have to work together in order for a community to flourish. And so that's a great way to, and there's, it's a great short uh, video that you could watch that, that yeah. communicates that. Thank you. You've already spoken to this somewhat, but you know, part of your mission, part of the trust mission is to support cultural and spiritual formation. Uh, societal flourishing. Um, why is that so important today? And more specifically, you've already mentioned just our divisiveness in our culture, but what are other unique forces that are play in, at play in modern society that make the work you're doing in those areas so important? Yeah, I think, uh, of course, all the typical things that get blamed, uh, social media, the press, you know, those kinds of things. but. I think it's more. I think that in some ways people are being challenged with the capacity uh, at which we process and discern uh, the value and importance of what we hear and see and understand. It, we're, pro we're pressed for time. We're pressed for, uh, ha in a sense, having a, some discrimination in our understanding what is important, what's not important. And then uh, the ways in which we're able to frame our thinking and the engagements uh, are not as readily available. We were recently, uh, we do a thing called Candid Conversations of Community Influencers, mm. bringing leaders from different sectors together to have a candid conversation about the state of health of their community. 
uh, always what we hear is, is them saying to each other, I've always heard your name, but I've never met you. Mm. It's mm. so great to finally meet you. There aren't uh, as many places for people to connect and meet and to form relationships uh, that come before some potential thing that might divide them. Yeah, so much like the university, uh, you see part of the Murdoch Trust role as being a convening force, bringing people to the table, maybe for the first time, to talk about these complex issues. Um, I really commend you about that. Maybe turning the corner to something that maybe sound a little bit more self-serving um, to our listening audience, but you have uh, invested so much as a trust into higher education and specifically Christian higher education. Why is Christian higher education important today? Great question. And I haven't mentioned this up till now, but I'll mention it because it applies in so many different ways. And that is we're always trying to be true to our donor's intent. Mm -hmm. And Jack Murdoch saw that even though about uh, two thirds of what we do is not to faith-based groups, it's just to the general, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what we might call secular uh, kind of space. But Murdoch saw that, that faith-based organizations played a unique role, not only in bringing people together, but in the way that they served and that they were underserved in their access to resources. So a, a Christian college doesn't have the same access to funds that a public college That's would. That's right. And, uh, Either because the state, of course, doesn't directly fund us, exactly. or many charitable foundations. Exactly, we're one of the us. few foundations right. that does not discriminate against uh, faith-based college, or what we call mission distinctive colleges. And so that's something that we're always sensitive to in every sector is we say, who are the underserved populations or organizations or institutions? And so that can include, uh, for example, the African American Health Coalition. It's underserved, that coalition is underserved, we can do that. But it may also be uh, a Christian college or university or some other group. So. Well, I know I speak on behalf of all of the faithful college, uh, colleges and universities in our region. Uh, we're so grateful for the trust's uh, focus on and commitment to, to our sector Thanks. of higher education. Yeah, I'll, just, I'll say one other kind of framing kind of thing, and that is we think in ecosystems. And so it's not that you're putting one against another. It's saying that to really do the best job we've got to have a healthy ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Private colleges, public colleges, community colleges, uh, training, uh, trade schools, we've got to have all those, but it's got to be a healthy ecosystem and that requires everyone to. And we know that that healthy ecosystem requires healthy and good leaders as That's well. Right. And so much of your uh, effort has been to support leadership and Christian leadership. Uh, you, you all have been so gracious to support a group that I'm a part of, of other Christian college uh, presidents and their families who get together annually to think hard about you know, what does leadership entail at our kinds of places and what challenges and opportunities we have. You sponsor a, an incredible uh, uh, leadership conference here every December, which calls together Christian leaders from across all kinds of sectors. And why is leadership so important to create this ecosystem that you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's because, as we all know, that organizations uh, often rise and fall on leadership. 
we would say that it's not the single Lone Ranger leader. It's really leadership teams, that, how critical that is. But someone's got to lead the leadership team. And so we've learned a lot from these uh, uh, what we call peer learning cohorts, like the one you, that you've been in. And because of that, we've spun off a whole host of additional ones for new uh, executive directors and presidents and for college and university and arts and culture because we see leaders are lonely. They need peers that they can process and learn and engage with. And even like this uh, event that we're at where you bring teams of people together to think about the most challenging issues that a college or university or an organization may face. Well, thank you for your continued commitment to leadership development. Well, Steve, as you know, Whitworth seeks to prepare its graduates for meaningful careers and professional lives, but we also seek to guide students as they seek to discern and understand how God is summoning them into the world. I'd love to explore the idea of vocation and calling with you. In what ways do you see the concepts of vocation or calling playing out in your own life? Are you living out the calling that God has summoned you to? Yeah, that's a great question. And that kind of comes back to that original thing that I was talking about, those four streams of, our, of my life and uh, leadership. Uh, and uh, we do feel like that, that, that this is, I keep saying we because I'm, my wife and I as it's we a team. Yes. D discerned this. Uh -huh. But, you know, I find that in our culture right now, the issue of vocation and calling is something that resonates all the way through the culture. I often have conversations, uh, just recently a, a very long conversation with the head of a public radio uh, uh, in, in our region who we talk vocation and calling and uh, people are wanting their lives to count for something, yes. to invest in things that matter, to be deploying their gifts in ways that are both appreciated and that really uh, utilize their highest and best uh, to make a difference in the world. They're seeking to give meaning and purpose to their lives and maybe they don't always have the vocabulary or the ideas to, to attach to those things, but once they're introduced to this idea of, of being summoned into the world, of, of uh, having your unique gifts and abilities and experiences being uh, directed towards something of good purpose mm -hmm. that brings flourishing not only to you as an individual but to the communities you're serving is such a powerful concept it, for It's people. amazing. It's an amazingly powerful. I know it was life-changing for me yeah. when I got my head around these issues. Yeah, and you know, I, re I even realized looking back how important, you know, I didn't never feel like I had just one mentor. and. You know, later I got the vocabulary of a mentoring constellation of, a, you know, people who speak into our lives in different ways at different moments and help us in framing and understanding. And I feel so blessed to have had some incredible people that, uh, you know, were, that were in my life at different key moments in that way. Well, thank you for sharing just a little bit with us today, Steve. Again, on behalf of all of us, we're so grateful to the Murdoch Trust for the ways that you've supported Mind and Heart Education at Whitworth. Um, to find out more about Steve and the great work of the MJ Murdoch Charitable Trust, I would encourage our listeners to check out murdochtrust.org. And as always, thank you for joining me and God bless. Thanks, Steve. And I would be remiss if I didn't say thank you right back for uh 
the parents that have dared to invest by giving you the great gift of their children and, uh, and also their resources of the supporters. Uh, and just uh, so appreciate the opportunity to partner and to see mi the mission of Whitworth come to life in such great ways. Well, thanks, thanks for your leadership. Thanks for your Beck. encouragement. Yeah, okay. we really appreciate Thank that. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Find all of Beck's podcasts and video interviews at whitworth.edu slash beckandcalling or follow Beck on Twitter at Beck Taylor.